This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome into the happy hour right here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. I am Rico Hiller, joined by my good friend Austin. Austin, how are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. If you're wondering where I... Nick is, Nick still hates me. Still. And he decided that he would rather go to a presser with Ed Foley and Terrence Knighton than spend the day with me doing our show for one hour. That presser actually started at 1, or it was supposed to start at 1. So uh, maybe he'll be back in time to come in for like a final segment and let us know how things went. Because I'm sure everybody's going to ask Ed Foley exactly where he's been and how all the towns in Nebraska are treating him. Because that man is getting his miles in. Mm-hmm. He is driving everywhere in the state of Nebraska. Hope he's got a company credit card for all that gas. I really hope so, or at least they gave him a, a company car. Mm-hmm. You think they'd, they'd wrap it, it just says Huskers on it? Something, they better. Something, something spacious, right? Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a Tesla. It drives itself so he Ooh. can just relax. So he's not putting the miles on. Yeah, it's not doing it. They didn't give him that. That's <laughs> not happening. And then, uh, you know, Terrence Knight and Pot Roast, definitely going to ask him about the latest... Uh, nope, they can't ask him about the lace commit because he hasn't signed yet. Correct. So not till not Wednesday. Gonna, not going to ask him about that, but I'm sure they'll ask him about his time in the NFL and the uh, um, what he's going to bring to Nebraska and how he, he what he thinks the defensive line um, was like before and maybe his visions for the future with Nebraska's defensive line. So, it, it, again, a very interesting presser, and we'll see. Hopefully Nick's able to come back and give us a little bit of insight. But we're not talking football in this first segment on the Happy Hour, and I want you guys to tune in. I want you guys to uh, join in on the conversation on the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. Also, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch on the Sarder Heyman Jewelers live video stream. Um, like I said, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Uh, join in there. You can comment on there. We can throw it on the screen if you're nice. Um, but we're going to talk about some basketball. To start off, I know we we were talking NFL to end the crossover segment with um, Bach on the water cooler, but I want to I want to ask Austin his thoughts on the men's and the women's squads from this weekend uh, as they both unfortunately lost uh, the women in much closer fashion. Um, but l- let's start with the men's squad. You know, uh, another unfortunate loss for the Nebraska men. Um, what what were what were some of the takeaways that you had from the uh, the now dubbed Sam Hoiberg game? <laughs> That's exactly what it is. The offense looked good when they got shots up. You shoot 53% as a team, you don't turn that down. You can't turn that down, regardless of who you are. You don't turn down shooting 54% from the field, and you go 6 of 14 from 3. Maybe you like to get a few more up. 14 seems a little low, even though this team is limited. There's still, if you get the right looks, they're good shots. But if you can hit 6 of 14, you can you can live with that. The issue was 15 turnovers. Yeah. 15 wasted possessions in a game that you ultimately lose by 19 points. So if you even you know cut half of those out, you're down to seven, right? Heck, even 10, and you score on three more possessions, you're at least in that game at the U4 timeout. But Maryland got that lead up to 1920, 
and it sat there for most of the last eight minutes. It was just, mm-hmm. it, it just felt very academic at the start of the second half, which was unfortunate because it does overshadow Sam Hoyberg, you know, being a spark. Mm-hmm. Derek Walker had another solid game outside of the turnovers, and even the role guys. I mean, Jamarcus Lawrence played fine. Adam Dawson had moments here and there, but the defense got shredded even in the half court, yeah. which we kind of saw coming with, with Gary and Bandamel being out, but Maryland got shots up and knocked them down. 8 of 23 from long range. Feels like they were a lot better than that, but you can live with 8 of 23 if you're not going to foul. 26 free throws, and they make 24 of them. Combine the 15 turnovers with the 26 free throws, not a recipe for success. But that's just what happens when you have a team that can make your free throws. Is you get sent to the line, you start getting, you start racking those points up. Um, but uh, something that I was just amazed by, and it's it's kind of interesting because it's something that we say all the time: is Casey Tominaga doesn't see a defender. He's going to take his shots regardless. He only got three shots up in this game, mm-hmm. and I, you know he's one for three. And maybe at the same time, you know he's not taking those you know five feet away from the three point arc uh, shots, but he he. He makes a decent amount, enough of those where when he takes it, you're not automatically saying, oh, no, that's a terrible shot. Right. You're like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe if he's open, that's a, that's a pretty good shot. But only getting three shots up for Casey Tominaga, and I understand, you know, maybe it wasn't within the flow of the offense, but that's a guy along with uh, a C.J. Wilcher uh, for, you know, usually you want to get him some more shots. He only took five shots in this one. He only played, um, where is it at? He, he played 24 minutes, so he played a decent amount. Casey only 22, only three shots up. That's kind of and I understand that I said before you know you want Sam and 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 Derek to take most of your shots if you're truly trying to win this game and and like you've said if you want to get the young guys involved you know those guys maybe take a little bit of a backseat but you still want them to be leaders out on the court if they have Mm -hmm. shots take them but Casey Tominaga he's a spark plug he's somebody who when he gets going the whole team gets going he he Everybody on that Huskers men's basketball team feeds off of his energy, and for him to only get three shots up, I feel like is a disservice to the entire team. It is, because even if he's going to go you know, two of seven or three of eight or something like that, which isn't a great percentage, it's at least another guy the defense has to pay attention to. If you relegate him to purely a spot-up option, he's easier to guard that way. Yeah, it's an easier shot for him, but Nebraska's offense hasn't been conducive to getting him looks and those opportunities. Mm-hmm. So he's got to have the ball in his hands more, and he's got to take closer to 10 shots. If he's averaging eight shots a game the rest of the way, you can live with that, but you hope he gets to eight every game and not, you know, 13 one night and three the The next next, night. Because, again, like you said, it frees stuff up for other guys because it makes the defense key on someone else. They have to stay one step closer to him. And, like you said, you know, he has a spark plug. He's a microwave. They know that if he gets one to go down, He's going to get the next one to go down. Mm-hmm. At least that's his mindset. And it makes him dangerous. It. it makes everyone else dangerous because you have to pay that much more attention to him. So, yeah, it's a disservice to everyone else if you're not looking for Kese. But, again, take care of the ball so you can. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 and I, that's completely understandable. That's I, I completely agree with that. Um, but then Sam, like we just said, Sam Hoiberg's game, the, the way that he was just able to. And that's the, that's the funny part. He's able to find his shots. He's getting wide open shots. It could have been because – he hasn't played much this season, so Maryland, mm-hmm. you know, being disrespectful, didn't show him uh, much defense. But, you know, to go, th- was it three for three from three? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, he, three for three, six of eight from the field, uh, the nice pump fake into a mitt. And I don't understand why more people don't do that, why more people don't take those shots where you pump fake, the defender goes past you, take two steps in, three steps in, take the mid range, still splashed it. Um, and I was, I was kind of laughing because his first four shots went in. Mm-hmm. He didn't touch the rim on a single shot. 
He was he was feeling himself, feeling and that's great. And you feed him. I don't care if he's a walk on. If you have somebody who's three for three, four for four, you feed that person. So because they 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 have you feed the hot hand, right? I mean. Am Dep- I, depends am I on how you, wrong in this. No, it depends on how you feed him, though, because you don't put the ball in his hands and say, hey, Sam, go create. No. But, yeah, you look for him and spot up opportunities with that advantage because, yeah, Maryland didn't respect him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure he was on the scouting report because you can't just have a scouting report with five guys on it. So I'm sure they went all the way down to eight or ten just yep. to say they did a scouting report. But I mean, what, what do you put the, in there on Sam Hoiberg? He played in the last game. He had six quick points. He did, but again, what do you put in the scouting report about him? So they just said, yeah, you're on him. He's do the third, whatever. He's the third point guard. Right. So if they could have you know, kept the ball moving, because nothing that Sam Hoiberg did was extraordinary, right? That's what we've been asking for Nebraska to do all year is make the plays that are presented to you. Mm-hmm. His first couple threes, spot up, knocked down. Didn't have to do really anything with him. He was mm-hmm. there. He was ready. He caught the ball. He shot the ball. He made the shot. Simple as that. I haven't seen that nearly enough from Nebraska. So if he's going to be able to hit those open threes, at least somewhat consistently, mm-hmm. yeah, stick him in a corner. Make Maryland take that extra step or two out to guard him to open up a driving lane. I mean, it's one of those plays that you've seen for the, the plays that they run for Casey or for CJ, where they have him running through a couple screens. They get the ball, they shoot the ball. You have a guy that's three for three from deep, uh, you know, hits his first four shots. You run more plays for him. I, I mean, and again, I'm not a coach. I don't, I don't know if that's something that you could just switch up and just like, all right, this is what we're going to do. Sam, you're hot. Let's keep getting him the Fred ball. Fred just doesn't want to look plays. like he's playing favorites. I mean, look if your son, <laughs> look if your son's on your team and your son is hot, give your son the ball. I and like you said, you're not going to give him the ball. Let him create and make his own shots. But if he's spotting up and he's hitting these shots at a, at a pretty consistent rate, I don't see why you can't drop some more plays for him. Oh, absolutely. And you you're have right. you already you're have right. the plays in the playbook. Just switch who's running. And I'm not. I'm sure he's 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 run those plays in practice. I'm sure that this mm-hmm. has happened before in a practice setting, so it shouldn't be that hard to, to switch things up and get that going. But, you know, like we said, Nebraska unfortunately falls to Maryland, uh, another double-digit loss. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to get much easier on Nebraska's schedule. I know we joked a couple weeks ago about, oh, they have this many games left, they're at 10 wins, there's no way they don't win another game. The loss of Gary, the loss of Bandibal made that uh, a lot more realistic than maybe mm-hmm. anybody mm-hmm. wanted to admit. Um, and although this team is coming together in the absence of those two and they might be able to put together some some good performances here and there against the the big the better teams in the Big 10 which is damn near every team in the Big 10 it seems like it's going to be hard to stay consistent um with some guys that maybe you weren't expecting to play as many minutes towards the, down the stretch of the season absolutely if you look at the rest of the schedule you can talk me into four wins on the schedule, or four games that are winnable on the schedule, but there's no way Nebraska gets all four of them, in my opinion. Illinois is better. That's not one of them <laughs> tomorrow. No. Illinois is just better. Penn State, the fact that they're so guard-heavy scares me a little bit. I don't think that's a good matchup for Nebraska. But, hey, if they shoot poorly, it, it was competitive-ish mm. for a while in Happy Valley. Wisconsin is just so fundamentally sound. But they think they have a lower ceiling. They are struggling right now. They, they don't are. score a lot. They don't. They're like their well, used to be their football team. Very <laughs> right. very pretty solid on the defensive side. Scoring wise <laughs> is not the greatest. Right. So you can talk me into Nebraska finding a way to sneak that one out on a Saturday afternoon at home. Again, the Maryland game wasn't it, it was bad in a lot of ways. 
wasn't that bad the whole way through. Nebraska cut it to single digits, had a chance to get it even closer before a soft technical <laughs> on CJ. That was yeah. not good. Must have said something magic because he didn't say much, yeah. according to the video. One of those so, magic words. They're out there. They, they exist. You know which words they are. It, it's true. He must have said one of those, yeah. unfortunately. And then you got to get Minnesota. Yes. You, you got to get Minnesota. You have to get that. You beat them once already. Yeah. It was close, but you still beat them once. You mm-hmm. got to do it again. Yep. It's... It's going to be a fun uh, – it's going to be a finish to the season. Which is the season will finish eventually. Which is something they've struggled with. The, ending the first quarter, starting the second – ending the first half. I forget mm-hmm. they play halves. Ending the first <laughs> half, starting the second half, and ending the second half. They struggle to end things. They struggle to finish. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's going to be their downfall towards the end of the season. Because, again, the Big Ten, although it might not be the best conference right now, has a bunch of solid teams. I mean, they have the number one team in the country in Purdue that received all of the first place votes. And Indiana is also in the top 25. And then they had three teams receiving votes, including Northwestern. If you would have told me Northwestern would be receiving votes for the top 25 in men's basketball before this season, wouldn't have believed you. But now look at them. So it, it's a thoroughly whelming conference right now. Not underwhelming necessarily because Purdue's really good and the still Michigan State is in that conversation. Indiana can flash, Illinois can flash. Not underwhelming. They know you only have two teams in the top 25 right now, but like you said, a lot of solid teams that are going to make your life miserable on a night-to-night basis. Just a very whelming conference right now. Yeah, it's it's there. Um, and then quick hitter uh, on the women's basketball team that unfortunately fell to Iowa by three points. Should have won that game. Uh, watched the whole thing. Caitlin Clark, who's, who's you know up for player of the year. Uh, she's getting mentions every single day, it seems like. Uh, went. Hold on. Let me let me make sure that I get this right because it's very frustrating. I don't I don't know how much you watched, but this is this is very. She was nine for twenty six from the field, mm-hmm. five of twelve from three. She finished with thirty three points. How you may ask? Ten of twelve from the free throw line. Four of those were at the end of the game when Nebraska was fouling. Mm-hmm. But and this is this is not a. This isn't what I'm going to do in the NFL segment. This isn't a go for the refs <laughs> type thing. But a player like Caitlin Clark, she gets the superstar call. She is a superstar. She's one of the mm-hmm. faces of women's basketball right now. But the frustrating thing is the superstar calls have to at least look like fouls. <sighs> and she got so many that were just, you know, somebody straight up and down. They're, you know, maybe they're in the way. They're straight up and down, barely any contact. There's the whistle and one. A little ticky tack. I it, it was mm-hmm. so frustrating because Nebraska went on a 12-0 run at one point to cut it to single digits to get. Mm-hmm. You got I it down to were, five. I think, yeah, I think they were within either five or, or three or what. They were within a bucket of of taking the lead. Went on a 12-0 run. Kaitlin Clark, I think one of the Iowa players missed a three. Kaitlin Clark gets the offensive board and kind of falls, trips on her own feet. But Izzy Bourne was right next to her. They call a foul on Izzy Bourne, whose mm-hmm. hands were straight up, did not touch her. Even the announcers were saying, I don't know about that fall. She gets the she gets the call. Immediately after that, they inbound. She hits a three. Iowa goes on their own run, and it just kind of ended all the momentum that Nebraska had built up. Although, again, Nebraska put up a great fight, only lost by three. Um, it would have been six, but they hit a three at the at the buzzer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they only lost by three. Put up an amazing showing. Uh, Sam Habe, Sam Hybe, sorry, I need to get her. Sam Hybe <laughs> looks like her old self. Coming back from a knee injury, was being extremely aggressive, 
pushing mm-hmm. on the fast break, pushing in the half court, getting into the lane, uh, getting fouled, making her free throws, five of five from the line, and just making – this is something that I noticed last year is whenever she drives to the bucket and she throws the ball up for a layup, I just assume it's going in. And that's a little bit of what was happening uh, in the game against Iowa, and that's great to see from her because that's exactly what Nebraska, the Nebraska women are going to need going down the stretch of this season. Right. Sam Hybe's been in these battles before. You know, She's been there, done that. She has an incredible finishing ability. She finds angles that I still don't it's know crazy. how she does. I it's impressive. It. And she's... I I'm not I won't call her a lockdown defender, but she she holds her own on defense. Opportunistic mm-hmm. defender, I think I would say. So her you can't overstate Sam Hypey's importance. No, no, you can't. And then um, Izzy Boy. So just just quick little stat run. I think all the starters finished in double figures scoring mm-hmm. wise. Uh, led by Sam Hybe with 16, Izzy Bourne with 14, uh, Maddie Kroll 13, Alexis Markowski another double double for her 12 and 11, um, and then Jazz Shelley a double double 10 points 11 assists. She took 13 shots and I still don't think it was enough. I still don't think she took enough shots. She mm. she one of seven yeah. from three. Um, usually you know when she's shooting those threes, you you kind of assume they're going in. They look she has a amazing jump shot, um, but just just Gotta wasn't get back on, on in that one. She was the main defender. Mm. Um, for a, a big portion of the game on Caitlin Clark. Um, and she did, look, Caitlin Clark, 9 of 26. The defense was good. The defense was there. But 9 of 26 is one thing, but also six turnovers. Almost had a triple-double. But, yeah, six turnovers, which is not something that she does very often. And Zanano had five. Yeah. If you force Iowa's two best players into 16 of 36 shooting, below 50% from them, and you get 11 turnovers off of them, you would think that's a job good enough done. You win that game. You should win that game. You should, but you can't give up 52 points across two quarters. No. Not not a great look. It's hard to survive if you get you know, 80 points a game, 20 points a quarter. That's a lot. You're not going to win many games like that, especially if you're up and down offensively mm-hmm. the way the Nebraska women have been. The first quarter, you knew Iowa was going to make a run. You knew they had it in them. But if you you got to find a way to limit that to one quarter instead of two. Yeah. 20, 50, what, 52 points? In the second and third quarters. It was a 52 to 29 middle section of the game. Yeah, you're not going to win that. That's your difference. Often, right there. Unfortunately, but uh they will be back home Thursday, I believe, if I got the schedule correct, against Michigan State. Mm-hmm. So if you want to catch some women's basketball Thursday against Michigan State, hopefully they can get back on track, start winning some more games down the stretch here. Um they're getting their feet under them, like I said, same high B. Uh, looks like her old self coming back from that knee injury where she wasn't really even supposed to play this season. Right. So to, to have her back and to have her getting back into form is really going to help them down the stretch. But that's going to do it for the first segment here on the Happy Hour. Up next, we're going to talk a little NFL officiating. NFC, AFC uh, championship games conclude. We'll talk a little officiating, maybe what we hope to see in the Super Bowl and uh, kind of what we saw in those championship games. Just in the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 